I'm going to add a new category of of uh, being today uh, in this in this uh, gradual expansion outwards of the uh, the <coughs> range of the meta. Uh, so we're going to add the so-called neutral person. Um, this is a person that there isn't particularly strong feeling for or against and particularly have uh, a marked reaction to them one way or another. Um, I guess most of the sort of six and a half billion people on earth probably fall into that category because just by virtue of the fact we don't know them. Um, but it may be also sometimes people think, well, well, who's neutral to me? It, it may be someone that we don't notice. And that's, it's almost like we tend, the mind tends to notice that which is uh, striking to us, that which triggers a response one way or another. And so, <clears throat> in a room full of people or a retreat, or who's the person that I don't tend to pay attention to, that I almost barely noticed they were there? That person is probably uh, a good person for the neutral category. And when we bring this into the into the practice, uh, can be very, can be uh, the place where one begins to feel a little bored. And again, boredom is a very interesting uh, emotion, a very interesting mind state. Usually, we get bored when there feels like there's nothing, there's nothing in it for the self. It's not captivating. There's nothing uh, attractive, particularly or repelling. And the mind is so used to this push-pull, push-pull, push-pull all day long, we'll, we'll get to this later in the retreat. But when that goes quiet, it's almost like, well, I don't know, it's not very interesting. And so one might find actually in the practice with the neutral person that a little boredom comes in, or a little spacing out, the mind just tends to drift off, <coughs> perhaps more than it, it might have done. So a little extra, extra kind of care in, in the in the connectedness, a little more um, delicacy of, of staying with may be needed, you have to see. And at the same time, people often report, uh, especially on a longer meta retreat, yes, pick this person that didn't even notice they were here, or maybe someone else in your life, someone, uh, the person, I don't know, at the gas station or, or something, a petrol station, um, and yet, after a time of doing this person, you absolutely adore them. <laughs> and they're no longer neutral at all. <laughs> and one needs to move and, and, uh, and have a different neutral person, because this one has clearly um, been promoted. <laughs> be careful at the gas station. Yes, be careful at the gas station. Um, so what, what, helps, what helps here? Um, <clears throat> to... to this, this movement of opening the heart beyond what it kind of habitually opens to. Open its range beyond its habitual ranges. So some reflection is really, really valuable. Um, and particularly the reflection on the kind of the commonality, the humanity, the, co- the, the shared humanity. <clears throat> this is so important. We look inside ourselves, and we don't have to look uh, very far or deep to encounter and feel, palpably feel, our natural 
uh, and, and actually beautiful desire for well-being. We want to be well. We want to be peaceful. We want to be happy. And that goes for everyone. People have difficulty being well and peaceful and happy, but, but that desire is there. And it's what the Buddha would call a beautiful and a noble desire. And we share that. We share that with actually all living beings. All living beings want peace. All living beings fear the rod, fear fear a pain. So really, um, in a way, partly being sensitive to one's own humanity, one's own range of feelings, a range of um, physical well-being and emotional well-being going in and out, all that is shared. All that is shared. And sometimes the difficulty is <coughs> when we have an emotional pain or a physical pain, it's so easy for the mind to n- not even think it, but sometimes think it, that I'm, it's just me suffering this. Actually, just a little bit of reflection, and it's probably uh, guaranteed that someone else somewhere, even at this same instant, is going through something very, very similar. It's just a way of opening, opening out the sense. And sometimes, too, with that shared humanity is a reflection on shared mortality as well. And what happens when we uh, become aware of the mortality of this uh, so-called neutral person? They, they too, are uh, journeying between the, the points of birth and death with the un- unknown, the certainty of death and the unknown of the time of death. They, too, are on that journey. And we share that with them. And that's partly the function of the skeleton downstairs in the walking room. That it, it, one of the things that can open up there is it engenders this, <coughs> this compassion. We recognize what we share. We share this finiteness of our life, this limit of our life, this uh, movement towards its its ending. So there's all kinds of vulnerability that we share as well. Uh, we share, of course, physical vulnerability. And mortality is a kind of physical vulnerability, but also the vulnerability to illness, to aging, and and the way that the the, the faculties and just the energy uh, in the body, uh, you know, dims more as as we as we age. And of course, we're prone to all kinds of accidents and. Uh, mishaps the body. So there's this physical vulnerability and there's also an emotional vulnerability. So as human beings we are emo- uh, vulnerable in relationships and just generally we are sensitive creatures. Our hearts are sensitive, are open, if, even if one doesn't feel that. It's very easy to be hurt, to be slighted by what someone says or even the way they look at us or uh, not getting a promotion at work, all, all these kind of things. We're vulnerable creatures, and this we share. So I might not know anything about this neutral person. It might just be a person I, I occasionally pass in the street, and yet all this I know, all this I know, this shared vulnerability, shared humanity, and the sharing of joys and pleasures. So everything that's beautiful for us, that touches us, that makes us happy, that we delight in, this, this too they have. Maybe not exactly the same, but this, this is shared. <clears throat> so one has to be a little careful not to overemphasize the suffering aspect at, at this point. Um, in other words, when I think about what's shared in humanity, not just the mortality and the vulnerability. 
if I overemphasize the suffering aspect, um, the practice will uh, kind of lean over into a compassion practice. It will morph into a compassion practice, which is fine, n- no problem at all, and it's fine to do that a little bit. But again, for our purposes here, we want to keep it a bit more balanced, not so focused on the suffering. So <coughs> metta is a well-wishing for the totality of a being, their happiness and their suffering. Compassion is more geared to the suffering. So, really to include their joys and their pleasures, etc. Um, so, yeah, you might want to have one neutral person, you know, you can think of a neutral person. Um, but then, as we say, I think it was Jackie that asked the question, that was in the question and answers, <coughs> begin, uh, if you haven't already, um, uh, clandestinely zapping people with meta uh, in the corridors, <laughs> okay, uh, and at lunch, and uh, it's just a lovely way to move around. You know, no one knows it's going on. The person in front of you, the person next to you, etc. Just when you remember, you don't know. Maybe you do know them. Maybe they're a friend. Maybe you know a little bit about them. Maybe you have a sense of them from the meditation hall or elsewhere in the house. Uh, another kind of retreat, but just let, letting it spill out as you move out of the meditation halls in whatever way is, is helpful. It doesn't have to be the whole phrases, etc. <coughs> sometimes it's, this touches on something else because when we know a person, we might want, an, or ourselves, we might want to tailor the phrases specific to their situation. I think I mentioned this at one point. You know, like, I, I hope you find a job soon, or whatever it is. Um, so there's a question sometimes people ask, should I keep the same phrases with my meta practice if I'm using the phrases, or should I kind of change it continually, responsive to what I feel I need right now, or what this person, uh, what I think they need, of course, which might be completely off the mark. Um, so... There's no right way or wrong way of doing it. There is something to be said for keeping the same phrases um, because they they almost become like um, touchstones, like kind of keys. They work their way. uh, The same phrases work their way into the cells, into the consciousness. It's almost like you just start saying those phrases and the meta begins opening up after a long time staying with the same phrases. Uh, They become like keys that unlock meta. So I actually don't mind either way, but there is something to be said about keeping the same phrases. And then there can, <coughs> there can still, though, be some flexibility with the same phrases. So let's take um, the one I was giving, may, may I or may you be safe and protected. So what does that mean, to be safe? What does it mean to be protected? So I could keep the same words, and at different times, um, this sort of invisible small print, it shades it with different meaning. Sometimes, you know, for a person, it's, may you be, you know, physically uh, free of harm, may you, you know, not get mugged, may you not get hit by a car, may you be safe at that level, may your travels be safe, etc. But then we also look inside, and and you see sometimes uh, it's like, well, may I be protected from, for instance, my own self-criticism, my own self-judgmentalism. So it can mean a lot of different things could also mean, um, may I be, uh, may I remember my insights. 
So insight is what protects us from suffering. So I could keep the same words, and yet I'm shading it di- differently. There's flexibility in, in the meaning there. <coughs> and that way, again, it's up to you, but that way then the words still maintain their kind of key-like quality uh, over time. Uh, there was a thing I th- threw out at one point about, I don't know if you've... I'm, playing with this, the sense of, <clears throat> if you're doing it with the self, but also with another, the sense of the self is different at different times. So we have a kind of, what I'm calling the narrative self. In other words, we have a sense of our history and, and the difficulties we've been through and our joys and all that and our journey. We might also have this for another person. And we, we know kind of where they've been or what they've been through or what they've come through. Um, and their aspirations and all that. And so the, the meta is for that sense of uh, the self as a narrative, the self stretched out in time. One's caring for all, all the story, etc., and their history and their wounds and all of this. <clears throat> their movement out of that. At other times, the whole thing gets simpler and it's just, it's just this mm-hmm. body, this being, or that body, that being, right now. There's not this elongation into the past and the future. Do you understand? It gets it gets more simple. Um, now, as we stretch into the neutral, we're beginning to go, as I said, where where the heart doesn't naturally go. Most people's heart. Most people's, yeah, maybe self, and certainly easiest and easy friend or whatever. So then you've got we've got a kind of balancing between, uh, let's say. Remember this campfire na- analogy I use? It's like you get it going, you get the fire going with what's easy. Um, but at the same time, we also want to open the heart and stretch it into the, into the ranges where it's uh, maybe a little more difficult to feel matter. So the question is, should I just stay where it's easy and get this fire going and it feels really good? Or should I stretch it and just work a little bit at the edges where it feels a bit more difficult? And again, there's not right or wrong. If I stay where it's easy, um, I may be serving the metta, certainly getting this fire going. I'm also probably going to be nourishing the samadhi more and the well-being because it's easy. And with stretching it, I'm probably stretching out the heart more. But they're both good. Um, Sometimes it's very easy. Someone wrote a note yesterday saying, it feels like I'm dissolving into the other person uh, at times. Is that okay? Yes, it's very okay. It's very okay if that degree of kind of... uh, depth happens at times. Sometimes it almost feels like um, the image of the other person, if it goes, this might be quite rare, but if it goes really deep, the image, they begin to kind of dissolve. It's like it's hard to keep the sense of them. And one might have had a relatively clear image and it goes more to just uh, a sense of their being or their heart even. It's just the radiance of their heart and one feels the radiance of one's own heart and these two hearts begin to melt into one. So that's lovely if that happens. But also, also, we want to, like I said, explore where it's maybe not so easy. So there's this balance of samadhi and metta. <coughs> With that too, um, sometimes, if very often on a metta retreat, um, a person wants, feels like, God, it's really difficult for me to give metta to myself. And 
either they want to avoid it or they want to just give the metta to themselves. There's so much healing here to be done and there can really be, and I think Catherine was saying at one point, sometimes it's really appropriate for a person just to give metta for them, to themselves. That's all they do in their practice for a year, two years. It can be really, really helpful. And, like everything else, it, that has its shadow um, and I remember years ago and um, when I was in the States and being at, uh, I think it was an eight-week evening class of, of Metta with my teacher, and um, someone in the class asked at some point, when we were moving into the categories, and she said, I, you know, I just feel like kind of hunkering down in this cocoon of, of Metta to myself and just kind of staying there and, and kind of, you know, holding myself there. And it's been hard recently and... and I can't remember exactly, and and so is that okay? And uh, Narayan, the t- teacher, just said no, it's not okay. <laughs> just very very cut like that, and she didn't explain why or anything. I was thinking about it afterwards, and I, I realized it's like, of course, that's very healing. Just me, just me, just the matter to me. But guess what? And we'll get more into this. The more I just focus on myself, the more I'm so to speak, building that self, getting preoccupied with that self, and it builds the suffering, it, or it can build the suffering. Do you, do you understand? So there's a, like everything else, there's potential shadows here. Um, if you want to pri- emphasize most of yourself, great, but also uh, out some, some at least at least 10% or something, really, really helpful. And similarly, it can be very difficult to give the metta to oneself and uh, maybe feels easier with the friend than it could be skillful, or the, the easiest person. It could be skillful to do it more with the easiest person, the easy person, and then introduce yourself along with the easiest person. So it's we, we. You understand? It's more bringing, it, bringing yourself into the field of, of well-wishing like that. So let's um let's sit together now. sense of the body, this sensitivity to the body, the openness to that field of experience, the field, the texture, the vibration.
lightly dwelling in that space, that field (coughs) of the body. And in whichever way feels helpful right now, and starting with whichever category feels most helpful. Just beginning to offer this well-wishing, this gentle stream of intentions of care, of kindness, supporting that intentionality over and over. to keep this field of the body sense open, being connected there, just being gently persistent, caring with the way one is approaching the practice, and playful, responsive, curious, as to what works, what's helpful, what's possible.
just lightly checking if the whole body is involved. (coughs) Allowing, allowing the whole body to be involved. Easing the awareness into that whole space of the body. Letting it melt out into the whole body space. No pressure. The effort is light, is delicate, is not forced. feel ready if you haven't already. Inviting into the heart space, into the mind's eye, the image or the sense of a so-called neutral person. 
someone who typically you wouldn't even pay that much attention to, perhaps. Sometimes, of course, because of that, it's not easy to form a clear sense of them (coughs) or image, but just as best as you can. Having the sense of holding this person in the heart, sense of their life. And we do not know what difficulties this person has had to bear. What pressures they are under from within or from without. Whether they suffer those alone or with the help of loved ones. they receive kindness in their life? Do they have the opportunity to express kindness, love? have their joys and their successes and their sense of beauty, their sense of warmth, of comfort, of pleasure, of delight. human like me, like us. Wishing them well.
body, their mind, their heart, wishing them well on their journey, for their journey. Wishing them well right now. May you be safe and protected. May you be filled with happiness. May you live with ease and with kindness. If possible, even seeing them happy, seeing them smiling, feeling the peace, the comfort pervading their being. suffusing them, 
befriending them. Wishing them simple joys, simple comforts, simple pleasures. just returning to the sense of the body, the presence of the body, the openness of the body here. In warmth, in well-wishing, in care.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.